Hello! Welcome to Why Not Both, the podcast all about how our multiple passions and interests shape our identity and our lives. My name is Pam Schaefer, and I am a musician and therapist in Los Angeles, and I also happen to be your host. This podcast is produced by Laura Studeris, and for this season, we've partnered up with Under the Radar magazine. If you like what you hear, you can hang out with us on social media. We are on Twitter and Instagram at WNB, the podcast. And if you really, really like what you hear, please support us on Patreon. We are under Why Not Both podcast. When you join our Patreon, you get a whole bunch of really cool behind the scenes stuff and you get to chat with us. And that's pretty awesome. Thank you so much for your support. And I hope you enjoy our interviews. For this episode, we got to chill with a wonderful musician, Sigrid. I hope that you enjoy our chat. So hi, welcome to Why Not Both. <laughs> Thank you. Hi, how are you? <laughs> well, you know, the usual internet talking about our friends who like burgers. The, the usual. <laughs> how are you doing? I'm good. I just got home from running some errands. I was buying some plastic boxes to have things in to organize my stuff <laughs> that's, that's what I just did so now I'm very ready to talk about life and music yes. now that I've organized a little bit I love organizing oh my gosh well that's it's so funny that you say that because I was like ah plastic bins and I was like oh I wonder if she's organizing any of her gear because that's the worst when you have like like a bag of cables or something like that. And you're like, I know the thing I want is in here, but if I take one thing out, like everything's going to fall out. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. All the cables. Cables that are like not like well done. Yes. Makes me like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> My sound technicians, they get really like freaked out by like cables that look, don't look nice. In <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yes. You have to wrap them correctly. Otherwise everything just goes horribly awry. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Speaking of, um, I remember when I lived in Bergen in Norway, uh, cool, cool city. Um, when I started doing music and I was working with this sound technician, his name is Michael. Oh my God. I think he's actually the sound technician of Sonderlerke or he, yeah. I think he worked with him quite a, a lot, but anyways, I credit him for giving me like a course, a one-on-one course on how to do the cables yes. and how to do it correctly to not damage the cables. <laughs> and still from that day, I always think of our little course of like how to do it whenever, if I do it now, but yeah, good life wisdom to know. Treat your cables properly. Yes. Well, especially yeah. as everyone's been recording from home and now I think you're going to be playing shows again soon but I was curious like had you been like writing and recording at home or like what have you been up to because yeah I was just like protect the cables <laughs> protect the cables um I wish I could say that I wrote a lot by myself at home but honestly I I feel creative and I'm with people and I go to work and I go to the studio and I like rah, go with this energy in there and it's a different space. And when I'm home, like in my couch, I don't often think about like, I want to write a song. I have all these ideas, but it's harder to finish it. Yeah. Um, so there was definitely times quite often where I didn't feel very creative um, for the past. Oh my, is it like, 
almost two years now. Uh, time, time has no meaning. Time is kind of like when we were when we were exactly. on Zoom and you were and you were mysteriously on your phone and computer and it sounded like we had entered the twilight zone. That's like how I feel about time. <laughs> it's like, That's a good description. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's, echoing and mysterious and and it lasts for a while but you aren't sure what's happening that's that's how time has kind of worked in the last while it never works in the way you think it works in a way and like when it's too slow and then but sometimes it's then too fast again and you never like get it quite right yeah in general not just speaking of the past time but like in general in life i do feel like it's never Whenever you're having the great time, you just feel like the moment's just passing. It's past. Yes. So yes. Fast. I guess time is kind of like the little like water thing on the shower where it's like you can't get it right in the like the too hot, too cold. There's like a millimeter difference between like the two. <laughs> I love that analogy. That's great. <laughs> but yeah, that's no. also tough. <laughs> that's interesting that a lot of your like it sounded like you had inspiration and almost kind of like little like songlets or little like ideas but yeah you know you weren't with people and so uh, what's your process usually like then I guess when you are recording music what does that look like it's a good mix I think I don't know with everything I'm probably like a little bit of both because I do need that serene quiet creative space as well I'm not good if I have to meet like new people every day, new sessions, blah, 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 blah. I can do that for a little bit. And I think it's super, super fun. But then I often find these like few people and I'm like, can we just write a lot together? Yeah. And And then it becomes just super cozy and friendly. And um, I have a few writers and producers I've worked a lot with. I've had the honor of working with a lot in the past uh, two years. Um, a li- little bit right before the pandemic, like Emily Warren in LA, she's great. We worked a lot of the first album too. And then also Caroline Aylin, who's actually Norwegian and Sly, who's a Danish producer. So yeah, I've been writing a lot with them. Yeah. That's cool. And when you're, when you're writing with them, like, were you writing out in LA or were you working like remotely with them or what does that look like? It was a good mix. Um, I was in LA from January to March of 2020. <laughs> <So>. Yeah. <laughs> I went back and forth two times. And yeah, both times, like first time I was like, eh, let's go, cool. Like starting up the new year, I was going to ride and like travel, exciting. Second time I was like, ooh, what is going on? Um, but we did manage to write a few songs. Uh, we wrote actually Mirror, my latest um, single. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So that was written with Emily Warren and Caroline Aiden and Sly mm-hmm. over there in LA. And then when everything shut down, I was in Norway, up north, far, far north in Norway mm-hmm. um, with my boyfriend and trying to write a little bit on the piano but again I didn't feel too creative but I wrote a few stuff and then when Norway and Denmark had this travel corridor in the summer of 2020 I went there to Copenhagen to write a lot with uh, Sly and Caroline so that's kind of the story yeah and if anything sometimes I was talking to someone about 
gosh, I feel like I've been talking to everyone about this, that like everyone went through this period during the pandemic at some point when they were, I call it the potato time, where it's like, <laughs> you just kind of didn't do anything. You were just kind of like a potato sitting there. Like, what's it doing? You're like, I don't know. It's a potato. <laughs> yeah. I was fully a potato. <laughs> yeah. I was like looking at Taylor Swift releasing like two albums and I was like, well, <laughs> I'm a potato. <laughs> <laughs> it was great though yes I think that like everyone yes and like I, think I mean I, it was not great but like it was great being a potato listening to Taylor Swift's bingo you know, <laughs> that was I don't know if you felt the same <laughs> yeah I feel, like, I feel like you know people had to be carried through as the potato my my potato album was wow my potato album that's a sentence with uh, Oliver Arnold's latest album, for whatever reason, I listened to that like every morning and just like, just got really into this like mellow mystical vibe. And like, I should tell Oli that at some point and be like, yeah, the licorice she sent me was great, but really it was your album. It was your album that like carried me through my potato period. <laughs> Were you in LA the whole time or? Yeah, I uh, I'm one of the rare people that was like born here. Um, there's where, not where were you born? I was born in West Hollywood, and I live in West Hollywood. Like I did leave at certain points. It's not like I just like always stayed right here, but like I can literally like walk to the hospital I was born at. <laughs> That's pretty cool. and so like my parents live in the valley and so it's you know I didn't quarantine with them though because I was I was concerned because they're they're older and so I ended up I potted with um with like three of my friends so for the first like several months of the pandemic we were the only people that we could see obviously so it was like like apocalypse summer camp um (laughs) (laughs) it was so that was such a weird period but yeah like I think being in LA, even like during my potato period, I didn't write either, but there's something interesting about even like taking ideas from here. And even if they have to gestate for a while, like taking them and going elsewhere, I don't know what it is about my hometown, but it does seem to inspire a very specific kind of idea. So this is really interesting, given that you are actually from LA. I think you're the first person I've met who's from LA like from West Hollywood but I feel like every time I've been to LA no matter the year no matter the season no matter what I'm doing there if it's promo writing or a concert something crazy always happens (laughs) always every time I either like meet some someone like famous or I I'm in the studio where I'm like what is going on like something (laughs) always something crazy and it yeah for me that's like the thing with the lane why I love it because I feel like I always go out of there with a good story yes that's my friends who visit me are often like bewildered they're like is this what your life is just like yeah yeah that's the thing because I think it also is a bit it can be a bit intimidating for me at least like a little Norwegian coming to LA because it's always quite overwhelming but do you feel like it's still overwhelming like given like you've lived there your whole life or I guess I didn't realize how strange it was here. Like I didn't realize how how different it was until I started traveling and even going to other cities, which I'm sure you found, especially like when you get a flavor for a city when you're touring. Mm-hmm. Um, 
LA has a very unique flavor. And I think it's just that people are open to possibilities. So like, I just thought that absurd things happened all the time. I thought that that was just like how life worked. And then people were like, no, no, no. Like this is a really high number of absurd things happening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but it's true. <laughs> I love that. I love that LA gives you good stories. That makes me really happy. I'm always like bizarrely proud of like my hometown. And I'm like, yeah, you're really shining. You're giving people a weird experience. I love it. <laughs> well, that's good. That, that's the thing. Like not always positive thing, but it's always a good story and I can't remember who told me this but like I don't know cheesy probably but probably a writer told me this of like life is just like collecting good stories oh I love that I love that I was like that's that's like you know you'd want to put it on a pillow <laughs> wasn't my manager who said it so maybe it was Elena my manager she's a legend <laughs> I love that I love that because yeah like I mean it is, it is true in a way. That's why when you said like you, you wrote Mirror in LA, it's like, it does yield a lot of stories. And especially when you're songwriting, because of course, like when, you know, when you're sitting around and being like, well, I've hung out in the North of Norway for a few months. You're like, do I have any stories about that? And you're like, it was pleasant. <laughs> I was safe, but that's not like, oh, I'm going to like write it about that. But like having like a wellspring of stories from somewhere sounds like it would come in really handy. Yeah. Oh, there's a reason why everyone go to LA. Definitely. <laughs> I feel lucky. I can come back to Norway and like hide out. Yes. Cozy place. Yeah. Yes. What was your experience, I guess, of like having that summer of writing and now you're going to be out. Are you playing shows in like two weeks? Is that accurate? Hell yeah. Oh, well, can I swear on the podcast? Um, yes. Um, okay. With enthusiasm. <laughs> I'm just checking. I burned myself on that before. <laughs> I've said the name of a few fans on like radio and I've been like taken off air like, we're so sorry. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's probably the most rock and roll thing I've done in my career. So <laughs> amazing. Amazing. I love that. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah. Last year. Um, that summer in Copenhagen was really nice. It's one of the nicest writing experiences I've had. Yeah. So Caroline is a Norwegian writer known for writing like really big songs like uh, Don't Start Now, Dua Lipa, <laughs> New Rules. Yeah, and she's Norwegian and she's from the nor Northern Norway. She's so cool. Um, and we just immediately uh, got well along. And um, she is together with this Danish producer, Sly, who I also wrote a song in with because Emily Warren introduced us all. And uh, because of travel restrictions, Emily couldn't come to Copenhagen, naturally. So it was Sly, Caroline and me on this summer camp in Copenhagen. And we would spend our days eating, drinking coffee, chilling, swimming in the ocean, and then like write a little bit afterwards. Oh my it God. Yeah, it was the dream writing camp. It's really, really nice. Oh, that sounds like that sounds like the ideal. <laughs> I was like, I couldn't imagine a better summer. <laughs> it was good. And also I will say, like, not doing promo at that time, obviously, you know, the time that has been and the time we are in, it's strange and it's scary and it's difficult 
and it's been quite brutal, especially for the for the music industry. Yeah. Um, but trying to look at the silver lining of it, um, as you you know, you have to try. And I will say it was quite nice to make new music without having to constantly be on tour, constantly traveling, and always like you should be somewhere else than you are. And to be very present in that writing process was quite nice. Right. And yeah, something new for me, to be completely honest. Ah, that's interesting what you said about like promo too. Cause I mean, technically I'm like, I just thought about it. I was just like, oh yeah, it is stressful. And then I was like, wait, we're doing a podcast right now. Oh God, it's technically <laughs> promo. <laughs> nice. This wow. is so nice. I really, and obviously I love meeting new people and talk and chat, but let's say if we were talking tonight and I had been in the studio all day, like yeah, getting all your feelings out and all it, it, it's, yeah, it's different then when you go in the studio because you are closer to being an artist. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I, in that summer week, I was just feeling like I was just there to write songs. Yeah. And when you're able to, I like what you said about like staying present mm. where it's like when you're really, when you're in that moment where you are, I was like, when you're in the perfect shower temperature, you're just like, okay, I'm here. I'm going to do the thing as opposed to being distracted potentially by having to like talk about doing the thing or travel to another place or things like that. It's like, it sounds like you were able to just be present for the ideas and present for your friends. And that sounds like it would, frankly, just like one, it would be an amazing experience, but it would yield really good songs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think we made some cool stuff. Yes. Definitely. I'm very, very proud. Excited to show people. Oh, like that makes me really happy. And it sounds like you're excited to be out touring again, because like, it does have to be a balance. Like it sounds like before maybe you were kind of like like over touring in a way like if you're out and about that much that you know you got to really settle in and like spend time with your boyfriend and write songs and like now there's the balance of oh now you get to go back out again true again back to our conversation on time of like it's never just right like when you're touring maybe you can feel like oh touring too much and then when you're writing they're like oh i miss touring and i don't know that's just life um but yeah, I'm super, super excited to go back on tour. I think it'll be great. Yes. Yes. I just <laughs> thought of, <laughs> we're kind of like cats where it's like when we're inside, we're like gazing outside. And then if you open the door, like the cat just looks at you like, what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, we're all just weird cats. Um. <laughs> Do you have cats? I have a sometimes cat. My neighbor's cat adopted me. She just ran inside one day while I was getting a package and jumped on my kitchen table and started like meow yelling at me. And I was like, do you live here? Very interesting. I like cats that do that, that they're like their own, their own boss. Oh, she's, she's her whole thing. Like that's, she clearly has a plan. She has an agenda. We're just all part of it. <laughs> I like it. I had my neighbor, my neighbor's cat is, uh, yeah, her name's Margie and she does what she wants to do, but sometimes she will come into the apartment and it's very, very cozy. Okay. Yes. And there's something very cozy about having a cat like napping in the same room as you that I'd never experienced that before. I'd never had a cat. 
Um, and she'll just, she'll sometimes come in and she'll, she'll want to say, Hey, but like her name is Begonia. She'll just like, <laughs> she'll just take a nap. Like she'll just, she'll just like be like, Hey, what's up? I'm going to commandeer your couch. I'm like, all right, that's cool. <laughs> you, oh, <dear. laughs> yeah, it's just really nice. You look over and there's just like a snoozing cat. You're like, okay, that's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I was just like, ah, begonia. Um, did you find that you picked up any other interests during this time or was it mainly that you got to kind of decompress and, you know, in a way like unwind when you got back and then you got to expand outward when you were writing? Because some people have picked up either new interests or interestingly, um, several people have told me that they ended up picking up old interests that they hadn't had time for previously. Hmm. I am... I think I probably fall into category two of picking up just I've always had like other hobbies as well yeah. than music it just haven't been time for it for the past four years yeah. um, so I mean I grew up hiking and skiing a lot with my family and that was a big yeah big part of my childhood but like um I remember growing up I wasn't like a super fan of every weekend going skiing I was like oh but yeah. The older I got, the more I appreciated nature and getting that silence. And I remember, I think it must have been like 2019 or something. I had been on tour for months and months and like didn't really have a proper break. And then I got home. Well, I had breaks, but not like a, like a proper long one. And I was home for a few days with in my parents' house and we went skiing. And we just uh, started like tracking 200 meters from the parking spot and then I couldn't hear anything and I got so like choked up of like whoa just being in silence was so special and like I hadn't had it for a really really long time because just constantly being in cities and like not really being in nature so yeah I've been hanging out quite a bit in nature skiing hiking and then I've been cooking with medium success <laughs> there's been no banana bread in this household I somehow I dodged the I dodged the carb wave as well like everyone else is making like sourdough and banana bread and I'm like okay I guess I could but like I I don't know if I'm that talented or have that amount of patience because also then once you bake it what are you going to do with like a whole sourdough loaf? Like then you, then you have the pressure of like eating the whole thing, which I mean, a good thing. <laughs> you could put half in the freezer, I guess. True. True. That is what I did. The, the one thing I baked, I did manage to make like a, a lemon loaf cake thing. And I ate like two slices and was like, great. Now I have the, the rest of this and so I did I, I sliced it and froze it so that way I could have like slices at random but I was like I can't do this with like every baked good whenever I saw like on insta people baking all the time I'm like how <laughs> like what are you doing with them <laughs> eat it <laughs> was that like your hobby for the past time or did you get up to you once I got up to exactly what we're doing now where I had, I had started this podcast kind of on a lark like the year before. And my friend Laura hopped in as a producer. She's a music journalist and was like, Hey, I'll probably be home for a few weeks. Do you want, do you want some support? And I was like, yeah, I'd love that. Like, this is something like, I think we've recorded over 85 episodes now. Wow. 
So my hobby became talking to creative people about the multiple things they're doing from, from my living room. It's a weird hobby. Great. <laughs> well, I'm happy to be here. Is this the 86th episode? I think so. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. And thinking about what you said about like being out in nature, that was the other thing is when trails reopened in LA, I was so excited because that whole being, being outside and even though the trails like are in like LA proper, there's this comfort to being out in silence where there are certain trails where it's like you really just venture into the woods and into the mountains and it's like, ta-da, mm. nothing. Um, and by nothing, I mean no people. I mean an abundance of like not people, essentially. <laughs> That's important too. <laughs> yes. But right now, what I want the most is like just to be in a crowd with like a lot of sweaty people and like, yes. ah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> people listening should have seen my face now I was crying. <laughs> yeah. like, oh my god give me this yeah because like it's all about balance because you need those moments where you're out and like you said that your your eyes welled up like when you were out and realized that you were in the you know in the quiet and it's almost like that you need that contrast right it can't all be that like you'd, you'd probably go a little little bananas if you're only in the quiet and I guess same thing if you're only in the sweaty crowds yeah yeah where where are you playing your first show at it'll be one in london That's a bit of a, yes there's one at lafayette it's like uh i don't know a little intimate cozy hey i'm back wow. <laughs> and then we're playing main stage reading and beats awesome awesome yeah. It'll be sick. I'm I'm super excited. The whole band and crew we're getting back together. We're going over. So it'll be really nice. And like we've been like walking in the woods with a distance and barbecues and stuff. That's what we've been doing. The band and crew to like just hang out. So now we're finally we're playing live. I was like, that's so exciting that you get to like, I mean, it's wonderful to get to spend time outside of that, but now it's like you get to actually do. I almost said your job. It's interesting when I think about even jobs during this time about how like it's so important to do like what you do, obviously, that makes you feel like you. And I'm like, you get to do that thing. <laughs> True. And I think this time has made me realize even more that live is a huge part of my identity. Like I'm a live artist and I sing these songs that I write with my collaborators, but to be there and perform and I get so much of my self-confidence from there mm. and yeah it's uh it's been rough with <laughs> but I'm so excited I can see I can see we're, we're getting there and yeah going up on stage it'll be good to just feel that energy from the crowd again and it also makes you again remember that the this whole thing is is more than just that that I'm on stage with my band it's like everyone coming to see the show and it the songs that we have maybe hopefully mean something to people um and it just uh, it makes it more clear when you do live shows if that makes sense that totally does because I liked what you said that you 
you hadn't realized before how much of like it sounds like your identity is do you, do you mean more as like a person or as an artist or even both that like really like being out and performing is pretty integral to, to you it sounds like yeah I'll say like yeah huge part of my personality because I think there's I I was very shy growing up and I still am I'm a bit introvert and like I like my own space and like as I've said earlier of like you know go away to Norway and like have my little cozy very safe space I like everything that feels like safe and stable um but then there's that part of me that's more like fuck it all <laughs> like full of <laughs> adrenaline um I feel like the Hulk when I'm on stage and there's another, it's still me. It's just another side of me that don't necessarily, uh, uh, is that out there usually? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and especially if that side comes out when you're on stage, if you haven't had time to like exercise that side of you in a long time, that must feel really strange to be like, let me out. Let me out him. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah, it's like, get me on a stage. <laughs> yes. It's going to be a lot of emotions. I know that. So everyone's warned. I, I think I even said it in the caption of like, if you come to the show, be warned, like bring your little, <laughs> like, uh, um, bring a yeah. <laughs> yeah, water bottle. It's going to be hot and it's going to be loud. And I'm going to cry a lot, probably. <laughs> Yes, that's, that's one thing that a lot of people have been saying is that they're like, yeah, just you're so grateful for being out there that a lot of people have been crying at like at their gigs, both like people attending and people performing. Yeah, that energetic exchange between you and the audience. It's not just I mean, I think like we do get caught up in being like, oh, am I giving a good performance? Am I like technically on point, like things like that. But it's like, really when you're performing it's because you're like oh I want to connect with the people who are here Mm, absolutely and so uh, like when you're like ah sweaty crowds I was just like yeah the energy of a sweaty crowd because they're like they're with you on those songs and that feels very different than like when someone listens to a recording of you like for instance you're on my hiking playlist don't kill my vibe is totally on my hiking playlist (laughs) (laughs) thank you (laughs) You're welcome. So know that you've definitely soundtracked me like walking up one of the trails to the Griffith Observatory. <laughs> like, <laughs> walking. Exactly. Oh, it's so nice. <laughs> like, great, great song for that. Um, and so, but it's very different to know that, for instance, like someone's experiencing your song that way versus when someone is like actually in the crowd giving you that energy back when you're singing. That feels totally different. Yeah yeah it's true it's it's really cool when the also when like the the crowd takes over and it's not even your show anymore and i was like okay (laughs) and i'm just here to like play the soundtrack and i love when that happens i'm i am i love having control but it's also nice when i'm on stage and it's like oh everything (laughs) happened i like it that's my favorite thing about live is that you can fuck it up Yep. It's, just not, it's not that planned and sometimes it's even fun like make it even more spicy with like maybe you don't even have time for sound check yep <laughs> i think that that's just the extra spice thrown in like sound check what was that we have no idea didn't even happen <laughs> <Not good. laughs> 
that's a great way to put it also that like in a way you're providing the soundtrack for the show and people are the ones that are guiding it because yeah like what's that changeover like like how does that feel when you're on stage and then you realize like wait a second like everyone else is really leading this and I'm just kind of the conduit for it it's the best it's the most euphoric feeling I blacked out probably yeah I, I can't remember much from like let's say the Glastonbury set we did in 2019 I don't remember much. I just remember walking on stage and then being a bit nervous for the first song. And then by the second chorus, like, woo! <laughs> and after that, I'm like, I don't know. Um, yeah, I was fully like not drinking or anything. I just, uh, yeah. You're blank. I said in the moment. I'm in the moment and it was really fun. And I remember there was this girl on the front row. Her name was Nina uh-huh. and she was just crying. She knew all the lyrics and BBC was like filming her all the time. And that was again, one of those things where like she was kind of running the show. And uh, yeah, it was really, really oh. fun. We met afterwards, so sweet. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. Oh. adorable I was like what's it like I guess what's it like interacting with people who interact with your music that way like because when you're writing something it's not like you're sitting around being like ah yes I will write this song to make people cry and hike up hills (laughs) well (laughs) sometimes sometimes I make calculator with it I was like I want people to feel this here (laughs) yes yes but it but then again is it calculated because what if I want to like cater it to like, I want to cry here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I get you though. Cause then you get to almost like, I was like, this sounds very meta, but like you get to experience people's experience of your music. And I'm like, Oh, that's so cool. And it keeps getting like reflected back. And I'm like, has it ever surprised you the way that people have reacted sometimes to your songs or you're like, wow, I did. I did not expect that. Um, there's been a few tattoos that's been crazy. Uh, I remember I saw on Instagram quite early that she tattooed don't, DKMB, Don't Kill My Vibe, uh-huh. here on her, on her, li- oh. in, the inside of her. Yeah. Whoa, whoa. Um, uh, yeah. Ooh, I got yogurt. Delivering yogurt. We love this. We love it. Love to see it. Exactly. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, that was really cool. That tattoo. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Like when people, it's such an honor when people kind of like make art with your art. I don't know. I consider tattoos like a really interesting form of art because it's something like I personally don't have any and I find mm-hmm. it fascinating. Like there's nothing that I've ever like there are things that I like, but there it's never been like, I must put that on my body. So I find it to be a particularly fascinating art form that people like something so much that they're just like, onto my body it goes. Yeah. Yeah, I think tattoos are really cool too. I don't have, personally. Yeah. It's a fascinating art form. And knowing that like something that you wrote was so impactful that someone not only wanted to tattoo it, but like tattoo it on the inside of their lip. It's the biggest honor, really. It's, Yeah. That's amazing. Wow. wow. <laughs> I'm thinking about like, I love that you said like, is it calculated that I want people to cry here or that you want to cry here? And I was like, no, I think that's kind of like masterful because songs are these little vessels for emotions. And so thinking about it, it doesn't sound like calculating it in the way of like 
you're being malicious. It sounds like you're being calculating and that you're like, Hey, if I want to express this emotion, how do I, how do I do that the best? Absolutely. And that is songwriting, you know, I'm probably just saying it because it's <sighs> songwriters, maybe I don't have statistics here, but maybe more female songwriters or artists being like called out for being, um, what, what was the word I said? I think uh, it was calculating. Calculating. Yeah. Or calculated, um, in like writing or whatever. And then I'm like, saying it but yeah you're right it probably isn't it's just songwriting it's just trying to tell a story in the best way possible and it's because I love performing live probably that I want the crowd to understand the feeling that I have and if I have a feeling I know can be very relatable Mm -hmm. because usually it is when you feel something it's usually other people feel the same way or yes yeah that's what's so great about songs is that like, cause everyone, I don't, I don't know if everyone feels this way, which is funny because of what I'm about to say, but I was like, have you ever like been experiencing a certain emotion and you're just like, Oh, this is so weird. I bet like no one else has ever felt this. And, and you know that it's not true. Cause you know that if you hop on the internet, like there's, there's like a whole forum of people who felt exactly that way. <laughs> hundred percent i'm sure you have as well (laughs) it's like there's there's no new feeling and like that's really okay that's actually a good thing (laughs) you're not whatever that feeling is (laughs) like someone has had it (laughs) true also yeah there's never a new feeling it might be like i don't know if this is a bold statement but like mm, with like songs like we all get inspired by each other and we get inspired by things that have been like historically been going on for many many years yeah um yeah all just yeah getting inspired by each other yeah in songs and so it's a good thing when you're when you're expressing one of those feelings to be like how do I best get this across because in a way it is filtered through your own experience but like those feelings are kind of universal like there's kind of this palette of feelings that we have that's a really big palette but it's not like someone's gonna all of a sudden be like here's this one feeling that no one else has ever had. It might be an experience, which that's what makes songwriting really interesting is that you can write based on either your experience or like imagined experiences to capture those emotions. True. But you know that feeling when you listen to a song, oh, that this is so on point of like, you listen to a song and the experience the writer had does not add up to the experience you had. But then there's like, and you're like, oh, just listening, it's a nice song. And then there's like one line in like the bridge or something that just <laughs> Oh, what was that? Yeah. Yes. I find that a lot. Like I saw this one meme of like, you know, like people listening to Lana Del Rey and it was basically like, you know, someone in like smeared makeup and it was like, listen to Lana Del Rey at 3am imagining I'm in these scenarios. And it's like, just, (laughs) you know, a Barbie doll in their bed with like a towel on their head, just like after a shower. Um, and like, it definitely, that, that did speak to me in a way, because when we listen to these songs, any song, it's like, we kind of, in some ways empathize with the narrator. And then we put them, put ourselves in their stories. And I was thinking about that in context of Lana Del Rey, like, I don't lead any kind of life. Like she sings about whatsoever. Like there's like no actual like content in her songs that like matches my life. But when I'm listening to them, I'm like, oh, I totally get this feeling. Absolutely. And so, (laughs) I find it fascinating when, when 
that happens with artists. Are there any artists that you have like that where you're like, I'm really different from this person and I'm different from the content, but also like, I totally get this. <laughs> oh yeah. The first artist I was thinking of when we started this thing was probably Neil Young or Ooh. yeah. Yeah. Or Bonnie Iver. But I think, yeah, Neil Young. I My dad is the biggest fan of Neil Young. He has a digital archive of Neil Young songs oh my on his computer. Very impressive. It's like a really, really big collection of Neil Young stuff. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so I grew up listening to him a lot. And, you know, I was like teenage girl in Norway. I didn't really <laughs> relate that much. But then there were certain lines in there. Um, oh, wait. Now I have to say, um, let's say Harvest Moon. Mm-hmm. And there's He's talking about like, um, uh, uh, like uh, there was something with like children sleeping or something. Like, don't relate. But then it's like, when we were strangers, I watched you from afar. When we were lovers, I loved you with all my heart. Oh, <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's really sweet. I don't know. Stuff like that. I love that also you found that in like that your dad is like a Neil Young super fan and that you're like, all right, I guess this is what I'm listening to. Um, But then you found these resonances and then I'm like, oh, that's so beautiful. True. But it's also nice. I love that about songs of like daydreaming. Have you seen this whole thing? Uh, I love every meme that's with, um, I mean, absolutely love olivia rodrigo and her the album is yes. great i think jealousy is my favorite song so cool yeah um but there's this meme of uh, like i'm in a perfectly healthy relationship but when i listen to olivia rodrigo and then it's like yeah i feel all these feelings you're like angry and like oh. <laughs> love that oh my god that's so funny yeah and like I was watching on TikTok that essentially it's all like basically it's somehow that like Olivia Rodrigo brought together like Gen Z and then like this really interesting like slice of millennials where it's like <laughs> it's like finally we have made peace between the gen- <laughs> 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 like, that you can put yourself in the song like that oh that's so true yeah that album is great like that album it kind of made me feel similar to like lord melodrama where it's like listening to that album was i 19 and dramatic when that album came out no when i listen to that album do i feel 19 and dramatic yes yes (laughs) we can still be dramatic even if we're not 19 (laughs) (laughs) that was the day that's that's the quote of the day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, like putting yourself into songs. I'm curious, like, did your family listen to music often? Like, was that something that you all did together? Or like, is that what kind of informed your musical background? Mm, yeah. Uh, I mean, my parents are not musicians, but we listened to a lot of music growing up. And so it was Neil Young through my dad. And then my mom was a big fan of Joni Mitchell. So that was like very nice. And uh, my brother listened a lot to rock. But then he also showed me Coldplay, which is my favorite band in the world. So yeah. 
And then my sister has been living in Spain for many, many years. So she has introduced me to reggaeton, which is really cool. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's a very mix. What about you? Did you grow up with music in the house? I was like, everyone has their own lane. That's amazing. Um, That's interesting you ask, because like, and also that you noted that like, you're like, oh, my parents aren't musicians. Like same, neither of my parents are musicians, but they're both what I would describe as like music appreciators. And they have very different tastes. Like my mom loves like show tunes and really like upbeat music and like kind of a lot of almost like, I don't know, show tunes are like fascinating to me because they pretty much say their feelings, but they also sing their feelings. Like it's so like, it's like the feelings are turned to like a 10 on like every show tune song. There's no such thing as like a subtle show tune. So what's the favorite? Do you have a favorite? Um, I, I really liked Les Miserables as a child. I don't know what that says about me, but I was very into that. (laughs) (laughs) The drama. (laughs) Drama, especially like everyone was like, oh, so who do you like? And I thought I was like super edgy as a kid. I was like, well, I like Eponine better than Cosette. Like (laughs) so angsty seven-year-old me. Um, but like, she really likes that. And then my dad loves classical music. Um, so, and like actual, like classical era, classical music, as well as some Baroque music. So I would listen to a lot of like Beethoven and Bach and like, so I'd listen to that with him. And then like, he would occasionally play like, and I got really into Chopin because he, he's not as into the romantics, but like, I super dug that. And then my sister was into like Simon and Garfunkel and like folk singers and like Leonard Cohen. And like, so I got this weird melange. It's <laughs> like... a cool mix though. Yeah, it ended up, it ended up making it so that I think much like you, like, it sounds like almost like your parents kind of were these compliments of each other, but then your siblings really branched out. Um, it, it sounds similar where it's like, it made me very open to listening to like, I'll listen to anything to see if I like it. Like, I'm never going to be like, oh, I'm not going to try that song. It's like, I will, I'll just go and be like, sure. Like, I'll check it out. <laughs> a really good character trait. Thanks. I try. You never know if you're going to like something. I mean, worst case scenario, you don't enjoy the song and you don't have to like listen to it again. <laughs> and then it's so simple to skip. <laughs> exactly. It's not like, it's not like even trying a food where it's like, you know, you have to like take a bite and your other option is to like spit it out, I guess. But it's like, it's a really low investment. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> How was that like? actually becoming a musician because I know that at least for me coming from a family of not musicians like I'm the only person that's really like kind of in the arts in my family and in like kind of like starting my own business kind of thing like was that unusual for your family or were they like cool we're on board um I feel like there was always music in our family and my brother is an artist as well um but also now he's like doing a phd on media media sociology and like the paper like newspaper industry and stuff so that's now but like my first tour ever was doing backing vocals for him on tour oh that's awesome oh my god i want to talk to your brother now too because that's i do i do music and then i do therapy like i'm fascinated (gasps) people who do like multiple things particularly people who study like like media and psychology and things like that, who are also creators. I was like, oh my God, like shout he's out to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'll set you guys off. Yeah, he's great. He's really cool. And then my sister is a really great singer. She doesn't work in music, but um, but yeah, 
oh my gosh maybe into it that's amazing what was it like like that's also that's so heartwarming that like, oh you started singing back up for your brother that's so cute <laughs> it was really fun it was good Ooh. i had to sneeze that was the most like adorable prelude to a sneeze as though you're like oh my god oh no it's arriving <laughs> <laughs> i'm prepared and muted um but yeah no my family is super supportive um they're just cool and I just think they're more surprised that I went into music because I was so shy growing up that they're like yeah they're just very surprised when they saw me on stage I think that's uh well it's also I think like you said that there's this other side of you like that you realized was like a big part of your identity when it was actually when it had to kind of like I don't know how to I was like go dormant or go into hibernation because it's like it was kind of a forced hibernation where we couldn't be out performing but it's interesting that like I know a lot of performers who off stage are actually pretty shy mm. like I don't know that many people who are actually it's I mean it's just like incidental I know the occasional very outgoing person who that on stage is very outgoing as well. But for the most part, it's people who on stage, like you said, almost like black out and like channel that energy. And then off stage, it's like, hello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that makes sense. No, I've heard that. I've heard that before too. I think there's probably something in it, but maybe that's because that more introspective side of you comes out. I mean, in songwriting yeah. and in songwriting, you're very in touch with your emotions. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. I just yeah. not. Yes, we get to be. We get to be dramatic even when we're not. Exactly. Nice. Yeah. Would you say that you are shy? Oh, definitely. Or like one on one, I enjoy talking to people so much. But I don't. I mean, this has been amazing because, like, I get to then like talk to people. Like I said in my living room. <laughs> but like for instance at a party are you the type that will like go up and talk to people or do you wait for people to like come and talk to you hmm depends on the room mm. uh I but yeah I, I'm more I don't think I would walk up to people no I think I would wait if someone yeah. were nice enough to come to me that's, that's I don't know <laughs> that's me <laughs> yeah I I would just probably try to like bring a friend or my band or something and sure. just like stay with me <laughs> I always am like quick find the bookshelf or the or the house pet is there a dog is there a cat can we can we yes. hang out with them <laughs> okay the cats find a kitchen window bingo important things bingo and like I, and I love going to like you know if you're at a house party especially like looking at the bookshelf because that always I mean I love to read but like that's always a decent conversation starter if you can look at someone's like bookshelf or look at something that like they clearly like so at least you can talk to someone about like a thing at least there's like a thing that you can mention instead of just being like hello you're nice okay. <laughs> pro tip to anyone if anyone is going what is what is your pro tip for party goers Ooh, uh get vaccinated <laughs> <laughs> no, I was like we love that for us <laughs> yeah, we love that but other than that like in general um party pro tip oh I'm gonna sound like such a grandma but like I always <laughs> bring a fresh pair of woolen socks wherever I go 
Because if I'm cold, I don't want to stay at the party. I want to go home. <laughs> so I just know if I'm going to have a good time, I need to feel dry on my feet and like practical clothing. It's happened before where I've left parties because I've been cold and I've been like, I'm going to get a cold. Oh. Yeah. I always bring more extra clothes and I look like a noob <laughs> with like a backpack or something with clothes. <laughs> like, might as well. Oh, yeah, it always brings sneakers. Oh, my God. Yes. I have sneakers with me. Sneakers and warm clothes. There we go. I have a pair of, like, foldable little flat shoes for that reason. Yeah. Because that, yeah, i got to have those. And I'll let you drive everywhere so you can just, like, shove stuff in your car. Um, But if you you are not in L.A. and cannot shove stuff in your car or do not have a car in L.A., which is also very reasonable, um, I love that. Like, have the spare pair of shoes. And I don't know if you've ever um, Uniqlo there with the Japanese mm. Uniqlo. I know Uniqlo, but I don't think we have it in Norway. But yeah. They have a jacket that literally folds into a bag. Like it's a little tiny bag, but it's a huge puffer coat. So if you're ever cold, you can actually bring clothes with you without stuffing them in a backpack by just, you just clip this little bag on. And then like, it's like Mary Poppins, like a giant coat pops out. Very interesting concept. I- Yes. I will Google this. Yes. I was like, I want you to have this coat. I, I took it with me like last I was in Iceland because like you don't want to be carrying around a coat all the time, but also like you don't want to also then get like blown away with the wind. <laughs> exactly. But that's so, because the most annoying thing is like having an empty tote bag and it's just there. Yep. 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 Oh my God. I was just like, you are speaking, you are speaking to me really with like bringing clothes to the party. Yeah. That's amazing. Yay! This is this is good information. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll take this with me. Thank you. Thank you for for sharing. Thank you for sharing. I wouldn't have thought of the socks thing, but that's really key. I love. Mm. That. Yeah, I don't know. People are different. Some people get cold on their feet. Some people get like cold other places. Yes, I'm okay. I'm a I'm an equal opportunist. I just I just get cold all the time. <laughs> yeah. Oh. oh my gosh. I guess, like, what are you looking forward to the most about, like, the upcoming months? Ooh. Oh, dare I say, say, like, I hope we'll get, uh, we'll get in a better place. Um, That means wood. Like, I'm knocking on wood, too. That means more, more healthy people and more people who can share things that are not the virus with one another, but can share experiences like concerts. True. Yes. I'm hoping for concerts, tours, um, being together and yeah, being more social. I also, if I, if I wasn't weird to begin with, I've definitely gone weird. (laughs) Welcome to the weird, my friend. It's a good place, but it's it's time to get back out. Yes, yes. <laughs> With our weirdness, but um, yeah. What are you the most excited about or hoping for? You know, very similar to you. I'm really excited to kind of like connect with other people. Like it's been wonderful connecting this way, but really connecting in person is really different. And taking kind of the lessons that we've learned while we've been delving into our weird um, and sharing them with others so that uh, we can help others shine in their weirdness and otherwise, where it's like, oh, I figured out how to like, like, you know, 
talk to people over the internet 80 times. Wow. What was that like? And you're like, cool. I went to this writing camp and I wrote all these amazing songs. <laughs> like, it's like taking kind of like, what did you learn? What did you delve into? And then being able to like share it with other people and then like, see what they were up to. That to me is what I hope for that. There's more of that. There's more of that, like connection back and forth. Yeah, no, I agree. And from hoping for more good discussions and more good discussions in person and not just over the comment sections as well. Oh my God. Yeah. Yes. Like personal, personal connection. And when you're talking about like the sweaty crowds, it's like, that's a person to person connection. Cause I think sometimes people forget that we're online, that it's like, no, you're talking to another, there's a person, like there's a person on the other end there, just like you're a person. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And also thinking more like when people are being mean on the internet, that I hope that we'll get on the other side of this and meet each other again with compassion and respect and understanding and, and yeah, trying to solve things. Yes. And I, I think that can sometimes be easier in person. I agree. Cause like, yeah, it's easier to have compassion when you actually see somebody and you're like, Oh, they might think some different things than I think, but like, they're, they're, they're just another person. Like they're not this like entity that I have to be like scared of, or this concept that's like been blown up in my mind. It's like, Oh, they're just another person with like wool socks in their bag. Like I can get that. Yeah. Oh, you've been so generous with your time. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been really, really cozy. Thank you again for listening to this episode of Why Not Both. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to like us and subscribe to us on your preferred podcast platform. You can also come hang out with us on social media. We are at WNB the podcast, both on Instagram and on Twitter. This season, we are brought to you by Under the Radar magazine. Under the Radar is a nationally distributed print, music, and entertainment magazine and website. You can find them at www.undertheradarmag.com and feel free to support them on Patreon. Extra special thanks to our producer, Laura Studeris, who is literally a rock star. Thanks again, and I look forward to seeing you next episode. Thank you.